Green Street Joinery and the American Craftsman Podcast are proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist in Montana, USA. With numerous patents dating back to the invention of the Hexshank system by our founders, we strive to produce accessories that add precision, flexibility, and efficiency to your toolkit. In addition to woodworking tools, we produce many high-quality cutting tools that are used by the aerospace, medical, automotive, and industrial markets. Our end product has a fit and finish that is beyond comparison. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. For 10% off your order, visit MontanaBrandTools.com and use the coupon code AmericanCraftsman. Well, here we are, episode 23 of season 2. The Shakers. Of the American Craftsman podcast. Yeah. Yeah, continuing on from uh, where we were last week, talking about basically the the general who, what, and when, who, what, what, when, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Not really all those, but some of those. We hit hit some of those. On the Shakers, um, talking about notable Shakers this week. Yeah, the Shakers are a little bit... um like the uh, Amish and Quakers, we're going to go take a little quick refresher about the differences. But, mm-hmm. you know, they are low. They were low-key. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> you start trying to research notable Quaker. <laughs> you, get, you get the leaders, you know what I mean? But it's hard to find people who uh, have direct um, links to stuff that we're really concerned with which is the woodworking the machinery and things like that although yep. there are a few of them uh, we'll get into um now the, these are uh quotes not necessarily our uh, direct opinion but the shakers are one of the most intriguing social and religious movements in american history hmm. would you say that's true uh, i prefer the uh Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah, yeah. They're also one of the longest-lived and are considered by many to be the most successful of the hundreds of communal groups and utopian societies in this country since before the Revolutionary War. Hmm. I mean, they, they had a good run of 100-something years, right? Well, I mean, technically, they're still going. Yeah, they're still two. They're not doing great, but they're still here. There's still a chance to sign up. That's true. And keep the Quakers going. (laughs) Not going to be me. (laughs) So a refresher. How are the Shakers different from the Amish and the Quakers? The Shakers, Amish, and Quakers differ theologically and in the way they live. Unlike Shakers and Amish, (laughs) this is going to get confusing. Unlike Shakers and Amish, Quakers do not live in their own communities. Okay. So Quakers live in the outside world. Yeah. Unlike Amish and the Quakers, the Shakers are celibate and do not marry. So the Amish and the Quakers, they're getting it on. Yeah. And unlike the Amish, the Shakers believe in full gender equality. What about the Quakers? It's, uh, we don't know. No. And and while the Amish reject most technology, the Shakers embrace technological advances. We're going to have to come up with an amalgamation of the three. Yeah, the uh, 
Shesquakamish. Shesquakish. They're similar. But, you know, it's it's unfair to, to lump them all together if uh, you have some sort of um, personal connection to them. There are differences. Yeah, for the uh, outside... Um, <clears throat> outsider looking in they have yeah their similarities are more similar well there's they have more things in common than different yeah 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 one will embrace technology and one doesn't that's mostly what you know strikes us yeah all that other stuff about celibacy that's just a curiosity for us (laughs) (laughs) um as the Shakers grew in influence and numbers in the 19th century, they challenged the existing social and religious structure and economic order of the new nation and eventually developing an alternative lifestyle based on their religious beliefs. The Shakers have made important contributions to American culture in the areas of art, design, science, architecture, craftsmanship, business, music, education, government, medicine, agriculture, and commerce. Hmm. So they've had their fingers in just about every pie, according to this. Well, not that one pie. Yeah. <laughs> every pie but that. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that, what pie were we, we were talking about? <laughs> um, shoe, not the shoe fly pie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, 75 years before emancipation and 150 years before suffrage, Shakers were already practicing social, sexual, economic, and spiritual equality. And they were the first large producers of medicinal herbs in the United States Mm. and pioneers in the sale of seeds in paper packets. That's herbs for our friends uh, across the pond. Yeah, so you know all those seeds that we buy now from the store in those paper packets? That's the Shakers. Thomas Corbett. Let me open up my Pellegrino. I know that sounds like a frosty cold one, but it's a San Pellegrino Ascenza. Dark Morello cherry and pomegranate. Mm. Yeah, it's Mm. too cold down here for a cold beer. Yeah. It's actually 54 degrees outside right now, believe it or not, February 10th. Um, It's cold down here, even with this heater kicking right now. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. So we're trying to um, get into some notable Quakers, and we're going to touch on a few, like, peripheral, peripherally, mm-hmm. you know, some that ha- have come up with different things, machinery. And, but there are a few that they have, uh, I don't want to say they've claimed to have invented things because they... That's part of the Shaker um, belief system is that they didn't, and they didn't patent stuff. Mm. So uh, was it two episodes ago we saw the Shaker uh, plane, planer, or was that? Yeah, that was the last episode of the Empire, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there are a couple of inventions, woodworking inventions, um, that some attribute to the Shakers. Like the Woodpecker Square that's coming up this episode. <laughs> well, the Shakers, you know, they loved Mother Earth and everything. That's where they got the name Woodpecker. Yeah. You know? That's a little known Shaker fact. 
fake or truism, as we'll call it. <laughs> Alternative so, facts. Yeah. Uh, Shaker brother named Thomas Corbett of the Canterbury community in the state of New Hampshire was well known nationally for his botanical medicines and innovative cures as a medical doctor and pharmacist. Wow. Bet the, bet you didn't know that about Mr. Corbett. I mean, it. Uh, I'm so confused by the Shakers because where's the sense of self-preservation for having medicine, but you can't procreate? I know. Well, I don't understand it. It's they're very convoluted. That's what happens when you you get this like sort of cult-like beginning. One person hears voices and sees visions. And the next thing you know, you're basing your whole life around what this one person thought of. Yeah, like, what's the point of staying alive if you can't... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being judgmental. No, no. You're just you're trying to find some reason in it. There's definitely a senselessness to... Yeah, like why, okay, we need medicine so that we could stay healthy and alive as long as possible, but then also we're not going to have kids. Right. It just, like, doesn't really make any sense. Especially after the first couple of generations, you kind of see the growth pattern. Yeah. He's like, we better figure something else out. Well, we're not going to be around. They could start kidnapping people. <laughs> Kind of like they kidnapped people and took them to Mars in the secret space program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish we could get deeper into that, but uh, I've got uh, a no uh, no tell clause on my contract. Yeah, signed the NDA. That'll happen when you fight in the vampire wars. Yeah, and the zombies. <laughs> but to the Shakers, uh, back to planet Earth, they... Um, not only were they big in inventing like woodworking machinery, but a lot of farm stuff, anything to help them along in their processes. Uh, I is that a link that Babbitt metal? Looks like it. What is that? Babbitt is an alloy. Several alloys used for the bearing surface in a plane bearing. Hmm. So. Is that like Ashley, uh, related to Ashley Babbitt? I don't know about that. But the the Shakers were inventing all kinds of stuff. For uh, bearings. Yeah. Traditional Babbitt bearings. They Babbitt metal. Um, you know, this is something that helped with all sorts of machinery. The rotary harrow, which is a, a you know something that tills. Oh yeah, I just call that a tiller. Yeah, we call that the rotary harrow here in uh, the city. <laughs> the circular saw. Wow. Was it a left blade or a right blade? That's I'm what I want to uh, know. I, I think the left blade would be out because the left hand is the devil's side. Well, you still use a left blade with your right hand. Oh, uh, that's true. You could. I'm a right blade man, but that's just me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I got a lefty. Uh. That is that. I'm trying to remember that. No, big worm you've got drive. a you've got a worm drive, which is which should be a righty. Yeah. I believe. See, with a worm drive, I'm all right with it on the right. 
Because I feel like, eh, we won't get into it. <laughs> Why we'll, is we'll that? just move on. <laughs> Did you know the Shakers invented the clothespin? Yeah, I did know that. The shaker peg, of course. The flat broom. Mm-hmm. The wheel-driven washing machine. Well, because you got to smell good when you're not getting any. Yeah. Oh, man. A, a machine for setting teeth and textile cards. That's for, like, weaving and stuff like that. Mm. A threshing machine. That's cool. Metal pens. Threshing machine, for people who don't know, it's like cuts down grain, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were, you know, they were very self-sufficient, so all these things. A new type of fire engine. I didn't write down what type, what constituted its newness. Like a wagon with a tank of water on the back? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> a machine for matching boards. I have no idea what that is. Like gluing up, like gluing yeah. up matches, I guess. I guess. Uh, lots of stuff. Waterworks, planing machinery, a hernia truss. Oh my God! What the hell's that? You know, like it's it's probably like this thing that you wear. Oh, uh, like a like a corset kind yeah. of thing. Machines for processing broom corn, chair legs, uh, and a lumber drying kiln. Hmm. Now, there you go. In, in short, they invented hundreds of labor-saving devices from the clothespin to the circular saw, which they shared without patents. Wow. Nor were they frightened of useful inventions. So uh, they're a little bit different from some of the other um, austere uh, religious groups. Yeah. I want to see some of the shaking. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I wonder if we can get that. The New Hampshire Shakers own one of the first cars in the state. Wow. And they rigged up electricity in their own village while the state capitol building was still burning gas. You'd think with how smart they are, they figured out how to get more people. <laughs> they were admired and derided, imitated for their successes and ridiculed for their eccentricities. And they are enduringly appreciated for their contribution to American crafts and architecture. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up, right? They're a hard group to pin down. Yeah. Yeah. Some things are like, wow, that's pretty cool. And other things, what were they thinking? <laughs> um, today, just a few Shakers still live in a single village in Maine. And to all appearances, these are the last Shakers. But the living Shakers faithfully assert that their religion will never die. Mother Anne predicted that Shakerism would dwindle to as few members as a child could count on one hand and then overcome all nations. So they're getting ready for a boom. Yeah, so this is, this is where they went wrong, listening to Mother Anne. Yeah. Um, this is God's work, says Sister Mildred Barker, and what could bring that to an end? Nothing that we humans do, that mortals do. Okay, so they really don't care if they're gonna again. Do. It's just the it's in God's hands. It's out of God's hands. Which one is it? Pick one. You gotta work hard. <laughs> well, if it's in His hands, then don't do anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> do you remember Bob Vila? Yeah, absolutely. 
Was he on this old house and got kicked off, or he was yeah. never on it? Okay. Bob Vila was before Kevin. Ke- well, Kevin yeah, O'Connor. before before Kevin O'Connor, there was Steve. Something or other. I'm trying to remember Steve's name. Was he like the? He was like the Tom Silva before Tom Silva was on, or Silva no? Was on the he whole was time? the he was the Kevin O'Connor. Oh, uh, okay. He was the host. His name was Steve. Something at glasses. He left the show, and then they picked Kevin O'Connor. But Bob Vila was before Steve. Uh, so he was with first. Norm. Norm was like the Bob. Uh, uh, Norm was the Tom Silva. Okay. And Bob Veal, I believe, left to do his own show because he thought the um, this whole house was getting too, like, hoity-toity, like the price didn't matter and all yeah. these other things. See, I always thought of Bob Vila kind of as, like, more of, like, a homeowner kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the this old house was more for, like, pros. Right. Where, like, you were getting, like, real good information about mm-hmm. the sort of building practices that were going on. I think that's how they wound up becoming. Yeah. We were talking, uh, might have been yesterday, about um, went to work, when worked at the other shop, I went on my first install with this builder, and I'm wearing my oh, Silva yeah. Construction, you know, Tom Silva t-shirt, Silver Brothers. And he goes, oh, is that like the company you used to work for? I'm like, no, it's like, you know, Tom Silver from this old house. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> you're a general contractor. You don't know who, what this old house is and who Tom Silva is? What's your problem? And he's not a super young guy either like that. No, he, he's got to be in his early 60s now probably. Right? right, so he's known this. I mean, this old house has been part of the public consciousness. Been living under a rock? For 40 years. No, 50 I could see if you were like an accountant, but mm-hmm. you're a home builder. Yeah, that's like you know being a chef and not knowing who uh, Bobby Flay is. Yeah, or he, he, like a TV personality. Yeah, he's on TV. Emerald. You don't know who Emerald is. Uh, yeah. The biggest, the biggest guy on TV in the late '90s for cooking. Right. Um, and there's there's not that many shows. No. That revolve around this kind of work. No, most of them are more design-oriented. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that was funny. I think it's really weird. Yeah, Bob Vila. I got a quote here from Bob Vila about the Shakers. Once in a great while, a style comes along that captures such a wide audience that its popularity is, well, unshakable. But um bum. Thank you, Bob. And clean, minimalist shaker style is a prime example. Today, 150 years after the Shakers, a branch of Quakerism, settled in the United States, their contributions to construction and furniture design still enjoy widespread appeal. So, Bob, uh, he's a fan. Yeah. Um, basic beliefs, simple symmetry. During the 1800s, Shaker communities dotted the New England landscape, and their commitment to leading simple lives led to the development of the Shaker style. We've gone over this. It's unadorned lines, unrivaled. Well, you know, 
craftsmanship. Uh, top effort craftsmanship. Yeah. Say. I mean, it takes less effort. It yeah. takes. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. It's so simple. It takes less. Less skill, but yeah. yeah, they they put everything they had into it. They weren't trying to cut corners. Whatever they decided to do, they they did it the best they could. Um, in the midst of a quickly changing 19th century, when mass production began to replace handcrafted quality, the Shakers remained firmly committed to superior workmanship. This is Bob still talking. Their devout beliefs that simplicity, order, and neatness surpassed ornateness served as a foundation for their no-frills designs. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. You got that header, heading up there. I know. I, I think this is... I think I... I think I cut and pasted this mm. um, because I thought it was a pretty good summary. Yeah. Buildings, cabinetry, furniture were intended to fulfill a need rather than serve as decor. Um, There's one uh, primal need that they ain't fulfilling. <laughs> That's why the beds are so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> yeah. they're not. Those beds aren't even good for sleeping. No. They probably forbade sleep. Yeah. Um, in the midst of a quickly changing, oh, I said that already, austere architecture. Uh, I kind of like the architecture a little bit more than the furniture. Mm -hmm. uh, Shaker residences were called dwelling houses, and they borrowed their rectangular box design from Federalist and Greek Revival architecture. Boy, I'm a little tongue-tied today. <laughs> at lunch yeah um, but they they took out all the ornamentation mm -hmm. um, you know no columns no wraparound porches and fancy millwork i i like the porch you know yeah i feel like this that this architectural uh style like it only belongs in new england mm -hmm. and just looks out of place anywhere else that's true kind of like the the california house with the um those round tiles for the roof tiles. Oh, like a terracotta, yeah. Yeah, you ever see those, like, somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Staten Island. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just open-minded in Staten Island. They'll yeah. try anything. Yeah. Um, so the, the Shakers thought every element of the construction was functional. Uh, if they put shutters... They were built on the inside of the house uh, to block out harsh sun rays. Hmm. I, I, I would think they would go on the outside. Yeah, to block the weather. Yeah. If they were smart, they would have put them on the inside and the and outside. And the outside, yeah. Shaker dwelling ha dwellings housed many residents. Oh, yeah, communal. So they were often quite large, reaching three and four stories in height and topped with simple gable roof lines. Jeez, four stories? Yeah, the Shakers, man. That's a skyscraper in the 1800s. Everything the Shakers built was utilitarian and often balanced in design from one side to the other. They loved symmetry. For example, the two large fireplaces at opposite, opposite ends of the dwellings. Oh, for example, the two large fireplaces at the opposite ends of the dwellings. You see how just uh, reading, like, with certain emphasis changes the whole sentence? Put the emphasis on yeah. the wrong syllable. They had their interiors divided into two nearly identical halves, each served with a separate staircase because 
What do you think? The boys on one side and the girls on the other. No temptation. Yeah, there, there had to be some Quaker children. I mean, Shaker children. Yeah. Um, the pullout game is strong. <laughs> Can't leave any evidence if you're a Shaker. Oh, God. You'll be in big trouble. <laughs> oh, man. You'll be in big trouble. Yeah, did you know many Shaker dwellings were framed on wood timbers with chiplap siding? Hmm. Oh, this had brick and limestone. On Pinterest. Yeah. Meeting houses were the largest structures in the communities, and in some Shaker villages, they were built in a circular design featuring high interior ceilings, painted all white, inside and out, to symbolize the purity of their faith. I think I've seen a round meeting house like that. Yeah. I want to know when we're going to get to the notable Shakers. (laughs) You made this outline, not me. The most enduring contribution the Shakers made to the world of design is utilitarian furniture with plain lines. Simple ladder-backed chairs, no-frills tables with square legs, solid wood cabinets, and well-built wardrobes were constructed using strong joinery techniques. Hmm. You, You know, it's interesting reading about this. You kind of touched on this. There seems to be a a lot of hyperbole surrounding the Shakers. Yeah. I mean, really, what did they do here? With the furniture? Yeah, and I mean, they got the... If you look up any um, information on, like, the periods of American furniture, it's going to include the Shakers. Yeah. But... In into episode two now, I'm starting to like that's all right. They got a style, but it seems to be a little bit overblown. Derek. Yeah, I mean, probably gonna ruffle some feathers saying it, but it it's they didn't. I don't know. They weren't doing anything crazy special. They right. just like took designs that were already like we saw the chest, we saw the ladder back chair. These are designs that already existed, and they just stripped them down to the bare essentials. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting coming to these realizations as we're, you know, kind of learning it at the same time as we're we're talking about it. Here's that ladder back chair, and it's nice. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite things. You know, it's the it's a rocker. I wouldn't like it as much if it wasn't a rocker. Yeah, I like these. I mean, like, for me, it's a craftsmanship. Nice yeah. bridal joints here. Yeah. The But the design, I don't understand the infatuation. Yeah, those, you see those two holes where the, the slats are? Is that some kind of pinning? These? Yeah, because it's on each one. I guess maybe. Must have curved tenon going in there. Yeah. But look, this one's only got one. Hmm. Yeah, something there, here. But then. Yeah. So, while we're, we're happy to talk about the Shakers, they're not really winning us over the way 
some of the other um, periods have. Yeah, I, for me, like I, I said it last episode, romanticized. It, That's... They've just been so heavily romanticized, I think, because of their, I, um, their, their outlook on the work. Yeah. Which I'm totally in agreement with. Um, you know, the idea of hard work and good work and that I'm, I totally agree with them with, but I don't know. The design I, just doesn't do it for me. No. And, you know, I, I got to think that pre-industrial revolution, every craftsman is more or less giving it their all. Yeah, well, and the thing is, you see, when the Industrial Revolution comes around, these aren't skilled craftsmen anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lowered the bar by, you know, the bar gets lowered when you're in a in a uh, factory and your job is to do this one simple task that's completely, you know, machine. Right, so maybe the uh, name of this episode, Shakers, Right Place, Right Time. Mm. Yeah, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, something of opportunity. Uh, Shakers, opportunity knocks. Yeah, <laughs> opportunists. <laughs> Shakers, furniture opportunists? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at this Shaker dining table. It's that same trestle table. Yeah. You know, I like this like little cloud lift kind of thing they got going mm-hmm. on. The, I don't know. This one looks like I got beat up. Um, I like the the top, the little breadboard ends. The thing about their tables, I guess, like most trestle tables, this was meant. This was built to break down. Yeah, like this came apart. You think? Yeah. I don't see any tusk tenon or anything back here. How do you get this apron out? I don't know. I look on the other side. This? Yeah. What's that down that's there? That's a that's the horizontal part oh. of the trestle. That's the match to this. That goes from there to there. Yeah, I think you're right. See, it's yeah. pegged. Oh, I see what that is. That's yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. I thought it was going the other direction. I don't mind this. I I like it from here up. These, the bottom portion mm-hmm. of the trestles, I could do without. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about this table. Man, we're gonna catch some shit for this episode. <laughs> now these I like. This is the uh, illustration of the wall pegs. Yeah. I, I love the high chair rail like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a chair rail. Uh, a picture rail? Yeah, it would be in the in a place where we put, like, picture rails on plaster walls. Yeah. That's how high up it is. This, I like. Like a hanging cupboard that you can move around. Yeah. Look, they invented the 32-millimeter spacing. That's true. All the pegs are spaced evenly, so... Objects that need more than one peg to hang can go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even the clock is on the hanger. Yeah. And this candle, look, adjustable height. Yeah, I, I, that would be pretty cool to have something like that. Mm-hmm. 
You know what it is? I think I think all of the overlay shaker stuff I just really don't like. This yeah. with the inset doors, I like yeah. this. Yeah. I I agree with you hundred percent. Anti overlay. Oops, I'm opening up open up a different I program. hate when I do that. God damn. What's Shaker Peg Wall 2? I think, is that the one I just was on? Or? No, we were on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I like the bench. Yeah, the bench is really cool. It's a long, probably like seven foot long, eight foot long bench, you think? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's got a nice wide top rail with spindles. And nice uh, thin spindles. I've mm -hmm. seen the Shaker benches with the big, heavy, Jacobian, more Jacobian-esque turned legs mm -hmm. and i'm not a fan of those yeah that's kind of a cool little thing you could like i could see that in somebody's house mm -hmm. um where it it doesn't seem so dated as the chair with that like super straight yeah because the back is it's got an inclined back the yeah legs. like you know the i could see like a rocking chair on a porch or something but not not around the table. No. Now this, it couldn't get more simple than this. Yeah, it's just literally just a dovetailed chest. Um, just sitting, no, no base, nothing, no legs, just a box. So I have to, again. I think you hit it on the head that this has definitely been romanticized. Um. So. Let's let's see what they say about Shaker Furniture. The use of dovetail joints and wooden peg assembly took extra time, but set a high standard for quality construction. Again, to emphasize what you've said, right place, right time. Everybody was already using this stuff. Yeah. But the Shakers come about at a time where furniture is becoming mass-produced. Mm-hmm. Quality's going down, and they're fitting in in this other niche. Yeah, they're just continuing to do what they'd been doing for 300, 500 years prior. Right, right. Um, it says here, the traditional ladder back chair was first popularized by the Shakers, then adapted by furniture makers all over the world. So... I mean, I guess it was a big hit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly identifable as a shaker chair. I mean, if, oh, yeah. if we know it, so it's got to have been out there in the public consciousness for a while. Mm -hmm. Here's something um, that we know of. The simple cabinet door style introduced by the shakers is still a favorite today among those wanting an unpretentious vibe. Yeah. Modern cabinet makers, like us, continue to follow the shaker principle of five-piece construction, one piece for the flat door panel and four additional boards that form a frame on the face of the door, the styles and the rails, we call them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this method of shaker-style construction prevented warping and gave the door superior strength. Now, uh, again, I mean, people were building frame and panel doors. Forever. Yeah, they weren't flat panel necessarily all the time, but... Right. Um, I mean, 
we could go back to Colonial and see five piece stores. I know, I know. I, I'm really uh, befuddled. I'll say. Yeah. Tabitha Babbitt. Nicknames are allowed. Yeah, Sarah Tabitha. I get. We had a cat named Tabitha when I was a kid. Did you call her Tabby? Mm, no. Now this uh, woman was also a toolmaker and inventor. Mm. This is probably only happening in a Shaker community because women really weren't allowed to do all that stuff. Yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was pretty much you know a patriarchal society, and mm-hmm. they did whatever the husband told them to. Maybe they'll let you out to the factory for a couple of 14-hour <laughs> yeah. shifts. But... You were lucky if you were a Lowell girl. Yeah. <laughs> but Saratha, Saratha, <laughs> you'd think I was drinking. <laughs> Sarah Tabitha Babbitt. 1779 to 1853 was an early American shaker purported to be a toolmaker and inventor. Um, I, f- I found a few um, uh, conflicting stories about Tabitha mm-hmm. and um, what she's credited with. Um, inventions credited to her by the shakers include the circular saw, the spinning wheel head, which is for... Um, uh, you know, yarn and and such. And this is a good one. False teeth. Ooh. She was a member of the Harvard Shaker community. Yes, go ahead. If George Washington had fake teeth, yeah. how did she invent them? That's what I'm trying to tell you. <clears throat> I mean, she was born 1779, so, yeah, so Washington probably already had his false teeth by then. Yeah, because he couldn't have lived until 1800, did he? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, he lived till 1800, yes, but... Um, but not much further past that. Yeah, she had to invent these in the, you know, mid-1800s into her... Or, well, let's see, no. Let's say she was 20. That would be... All right. Yeah. That would be 1799. I think he had Washington's had his wooden teeth when he was like, you know, George Washington, general, president. Yeah, all which stuff. he was, what, in his 30s or something maybe? Yeah. So she's a little bit of a controversial character. A little um, tabby. She was born in Hardwick, Massachusetts. Uh, daughter of a couple of civilians, I think. Had to be. Must be, yeah, unless they're blasphemes. She became a member of the Shakers at the Harvard Shaker community in uh, 1793. Hmm. So how old was she? What, what year was uh, she born again? 70, 77? 79. 79. Wait. 1779? Oh, yeah. 93. So she was uh, 24. 14. 24. No, 14. 14. Jeez. Man. Um, so here's here's what the Shakers say about her. She's credited with inventing the first circular saw for use in a sawmill in 1813. According to the Shakers, Babbitt was watching men use the difficult two-man whip saw 
when she noticed that half of their motion was wasted. She proposed creating a round blade to increase efficiency. Hmm. What's a whipsaw? Is that that I thing think with that's the two that, handles? Yeah. The circular saw was connected to a water-powered machine to reduce the effort to cut lumber. The first <laughs> circular saw she allegedly made is in Albany, New York. Hmm. Now, we talked about the invention of the sawmill in the... Is it the Federal or the Empire? I think it was in the Empire. We, we it came with the the advertisement. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't quote or it doesn't cite um, Tabitha as the inventor. Yeah. Um, and because the Quakers never patented anything or claimed anything. Um, yeah, Shakers. The Shakers. <laughs> the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> the Mennonites. <Yeah. laughs> well, so her her invention um, is in Albany, New York. Yeah, and water powered. Uh, yes, I, I know the one that we looked at in the uh, previous episode was steam powered. Right, right. Um, in the summer of 1948. A version of Babbitt's saw built to her specifications was on display at a Shaker exhibit at Fenimore House in Cooperstown, New York. Ooh, is that James Fenimore Cooper? Yeah, Is that probably. where Cooperstown comes from? You know, I never thought of that. Awful coincidental. I'll say. And it was on loan from the New York State Museum. So maybe there were plans that predated... Uh, other saws, maybe she really did invent the circular saw. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times these things are invented um, by more than one person at the very similar sort of time. Yeah. yeah. It, here's here's where we try and clear up the, the false teeth thing. She's also credited with inventing a process for the manufacture of false teeth. Okay. All right. Sounds a little... <laughs> I like this. I I put italics on the word allegedly in my notes here. She also allegedly invented cut nails. No way. Although the Shakers also credit the invention to the non-Shaker, Eli Whitney. I guess machine-made cut yeah, nails. Yeah, Because they've been making cut nails for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it means, like a machine that makes yeah. them. Eli Whitney messed around with cotton and nails. Yeah. As a shaker, Babbitt never patented any of her inventions. Oh, controversy over the circular saw invention. Mm. Because Babbitt didn't patent her circular saw, and the reference to her invention exists only in shaker lore, there's controversy over whether she was the true first inventor of the saw. So there's, there's like no real documentation that she invented the circular saw. I'm not saying that she didn't, but if you're going to go by their lore, in their yeah. lore, their leader also became Jesus. So <laughs> who am I going to believe? Oh, God. Just saying, their track record isn't, isn't not spotless. Too, not too good. According to some accounts... 
two Frenchmen patented the circular saw in the United States after reading about Babbitt's saw in Shaker papers. It's possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> M. Stephen Miller argues that Babbitt was not the first inventor of the circular saw based upon the date that she joined the sect. All right. He's putting evidence together. He contends that the circular saw was invented at Mount Lebanon, Shaker Village, by Amos Bishop or Benjamin Bruce in 1793, hmm. or not by a shaker at all. Circular saw history suggests a few others using circular saws prior to Tabitha. Yeah, how do you like that? It's, the shakers, they're frequently characterized as quaint, simple, or archaic based on presumptions about their rigid and ascetic lifestyle, yet this characterization undermines the importance of their progressive models. I'm sorry. That's okay. Excuse me. Hey, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Um, so, again... The Shakers are quite a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I, I like how <laughs> one of these researchers says, it wasn't Tabitha. No, it was this other Quaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shaker. <laughs> Old Shaker. Sabbatha. Yeah. Yeah, right. So the Shakers, although they are um, they are mixed bags, I said. The Shakers labored for the good of the community as a form of worship, and Mother Ann Lee, the starter of all this, was famously quoted as saying, hands to God, hands to work, hearts to God. I can't even read anymore. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. Did you know that, that's a Shakerism. Yeah. Uh, through their diligence and ingenuity... They raised revenue to support their communities from the sales of shaker-made products ranging from homeopathic tonics to seeds and agricultural equipment to clothing and furniture. And uh, they weren't above advertising. Let's see, let's see the 19th century shaker advertisement here. Shaker, we got chairs. Wow. Wait a second. Trademark. Yeah. Didn't they say that? So here is, we're looking at, um, what would you call this? Would this be something that's on the bottom of a chair, some a little pamphlet you got with mm, the sale of your chair? No, illustrated catalog and price list. This is the outside front and back. So it says. Shaker's trademark. Yeah. The above trademark will be attached to every genuine Shaker chair, and none others are of our make notwithstanding any claims to the contrary. All persons are hereby cautioned not to use or counterfeit our trademark. This is more um, conflict here. Yeah. Is it a, maybe it's not a real trademark? It's like not a, you know, like a government-registered type trademark, but just a... But still, even to... Produce it. I thought they were like uh, yeah. giving all their stuff away because it That's didn't true. matter. I 
I don't know. Man. I don't know about these shakers. So we kind of, and this sound, seems like a brief episode. Yeah, we're uh, coming in on 50 minutes. Yeah. I want to see if I can find um, the, I, don't, I guess it, it only does one, one sawmill thing at a time. Yeah. Let me see if I got it up here. Saw. Empire, I think it was. What happened here? Control F doesn't search inside the document. That I don't know. That you that that's a, the history of the Brunel sawmill. Yeah, that might be it. Eighteen seventeen, a steam sawmill with a circular saw for cutting veneers. Um. Yeah, in 1812, at the height of the Napoleonic Wars, work commenced on a state-of-the-art steam-powered sawmill at Chatham Dockyard. What year? 1812. Well, this says, Babbitt is credited with inventing the first circular saw for use in a sawmill in 1813. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's the Brunel Sawmill. Hmm. It's... Does it have that link to the advertisement? What page is that on? Seventeen. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I th- I thought I used to be able to open two pages documents at once. I guess not. Yeah, I can. It maybe it's because I've got the screen oh, on. It might be behind it. Brunel Sawmill. Uh, I don't see. Oh no. It was before this. Remember, there was an advertisement for it where they're outside. Oh, yes, and, yeah. yes. That, that was earlier. It might have even been in the... Um, Federal? Yeah. Right, it was like a painting. Yep, ad for a portable sawmill. Here we go. Found it. Zanesville. Blandy's Portable Steam Engine Sawmills. Zanesville and Newark, Ohio. And those are round blades. Um, what does that say? Let me see. Maybe I'll uh, uh, just type yeah, Google Blandy's portable sawmill. Don't see any dates on here. Eighteen sixty-seven. Oh well, that's definitely later. Yeah. But that other one, the uh, wasn't Blandy. It was another B name, eighteen yeah. twelve. But that's just the ad. And all that keeps popping up is that that poster. Uh, 
uh, to put invention at the end of that. Uh, okay. Formed as a foundry in 1840. By 1860, they were producing sawmills. Mm. So he's probably not the inventor, but um, there was already a sawmill in France for the shipbuilding in, in 1812. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they did say something about Frenchmen. Yeah. Maybe we're jumping to conclusions, but it doesn't look like Tabitha <laughs> Babbitt was the inventor of the sawmill. I'm going to say that the Shakers... Uh, are leaving us bewildered and a little uh, dubious. Yeah. Yeah. Their claims on all sorts of things seem to be kind of inflated at the best. They, they took designs and techniques and processes that were already established mm-hmm. for quite a long time. They did trim off all adornment and, in a sense, create a style out of that. Yeah. Um, but to warrant the amount of attention and sort of... Um, reverence. Reverence, that's a great word. It seems overblown, doesn't it? Yeah, like I respect what they were doing for sure. Respect the dedication to the craft. Um, Telling you, especially in the face of what was going on at the time. But right place, right time. Yeah, it's like coming along with uh, you know a couple of gallons of water, and uh, everybody's in the desert. Yeah. It's like, hey, I got this water. Hey, you invented water. (laughs) Yeah, like, she definitely didn't invent false teeth. No. (laughs) She didn't invent the circular saw either. Yeah. (laughs) She might not even exist for all we know. And if you type in notable shaker, Mm -hmm. you're going to get Tabitha Babbitt. She's like their claim to fame. Yeah. Might have to take a trip up there. You gotta interrogate these uh, last couple shakers. The last two. Give them a little rough interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like 105 <laughs> years old. You know what's terrible, though? It casts into doubt all the other claims because everything we come across is kind of. Disputable. Yeah. Um, well,. In the next episode, we're going to get more into Shaker Furniture. Maybe we'll come, we'll have a little bit more of a, um, a warmer view of it. But it, it doesn't really doesn't really seem like it. We're kind of yeah. sat. We're we're a little bit down on the Shaker yeah. Furniture. Yeah, I don't know. They're uh, we're shooting holes in their uh, in their reputation here. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what we'll see what kind of information I've I've got for the next episode. Uh, maybe uh, maybe there's something there. How many pages uh, did I? Uh... Uh, we're on page eight. We ended on page eight. We got eighteen pages, so it's probably about nine. Probably uh, 
Let's see. Um, 25 starts on 13. Yeah, we got four pages. All right. So it's All right. So it's just a typical four pager. It's a typical typical 18 page uh course. <laughs> Well, write in. Let us know what you think. Are you are you uh you still love the Shakers? Did you know about the Shakers before? Are we or did we ruin your uh, opinion of them? Yeah, I mean there there's still there's still value in them. It's just we it seems to be inflated for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we build in, uh, you know, we don't build in the Shaker style, but we build with some of those influences because it, it's influenced later design. Right. So it's not like we, you know, are uh, big period furniture makers or anything, and so we no. scoff at the Shakers. It's right. just, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to hear feedback uh, now that everybody's had a chance to and we've sort of <laughs> maybe influenced their opinion yeah. a little. Jury's out. Jury's out on the Shakers. Yeah. Well, let us know. Write in. Let us know what you think. And uh, tune in next week. We're going to continue on with episode 24. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the specifics of the furniture. All right. Take care. Take care.